Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Culture Vulture. Kia ora, everybody. Kia ora, everyone. We are coming at you with a bit of a new sort of layout for Culture Vulture, aren't we, Liv? We are, we are. We've decided that we need a little bit of structure, so... In our lives. Yeah, in our lives in general. (laughs) In the podcast. So we sat down and we were like, fuck it, let's put in some fun stuff. Um, And also, just coming off the back of a a whole um, episode about posthumous music and talking about sort of people that have passed away, and we just thought... Look, let's bring in some fun every week. We need to sugar it up a little bit. We do. So I want to start off this podcast actually by talking about an email I got from a listener. So you guys know I send out a daily newsletter, which you should definitely subscribe to if you're not already. But that is the place where you can give me and Liv your feedback. I forward so many things on to Liv every day from that newsletter. Honestly, it makes my day. I know. It is beautiful. You guys put in so much time into your responses. It's so so thoughtful. And you're so fucking smart. Everyone that sends them is so fucking smart. And that's not to say that you can't just send me an email being like, I love this or I hated this. Like, it doesn't have to be super thought out, but we love getting your responses. But it's honestly like the email correspondence from Sally Rooney's book. Yes. And to all of y'all who said that didn't happen... I know. It does. Real life example. Every morning. So we had an um, email from listener Maya who said they hadn't listened to our posthumous episode last week, but they were about to. But they wanted to know if we dug into Dolly Parton, who created a library of her own voice so that like when she dies, they can create songs out of lines she sung and like it's banked in a library. I feel like I would think that was so fucked if it was anyone but, but Dolly. Dolly because we stan Dolly. Yes. I know. So so I looked into this because obviously your girl wants to fact check. Not that I don't believe you, Maya. Not that I don't believe you. <laughs> but it just is agile. It is agile. <laughs> so I looked into it and she said, Dolly said, not Maya. I am a lucky person because I've got hundreds, even thousands of songs. A big part of them have never been recorded. There's enough stuff to go on forever with my music, to do compilation albums, to do new and original stuff, and I'm purposely trying to put songs down for that purpose. Not the best sentence. I'm purposely trying to put them down for that purpose. You're an English teacher. You would cross that right out. <laughs> you would. You'd say repetitive. <laughs> Um, She revealed that she has recorded lone vocal tracks so that producers will be able to create new music with those tracks after she's gone. Oh my god, they're going to make a dolly bot. Oh my god, they're going to make a dolly gram. Dolly hologram. Oh, fuck yeah, but I think it will be like a real life one this time. Yeah, because Mm. no one will be ready to see her go. But that is an example of an intentional posthumous album. She's made it very clear what her wishes are and she's gone about it very Dolly. Dolly. Yeah, she has. So I thought that was um, that was a great little start to 
the week yeah, in the thank inbox. Thank you, Maya. Thanks, Maya. Lovely. Keep it now, going. before we get too into everything, New Zealand is having their first ever podcast awards, the New Zealand Podcast Awards, and there's a listener's choice thing where you can vote for us um, for the shit show or for Culture Vulture on the website that I'm going to put in the show notes. Real easy. You just have to write the show name, a link to our podcast, and your name, and then submit. It would mean the world if any of you guys wanted to vote for us because, like, fun. We do this from our bedrooms and the fact that you listen is enough, but the fact that we can win an award is like sticking it to the man. <laughs> I know, I wish, well, I don't wish we showed our faces, but if we did show our faces, then we could show people this little setup, which is hilarious. Hilarious. But... It's just like funny being the underdog, but like just running your mouth on <laughs> every platform. <laughs> now today we're talking about, well, the main topic's Adele. Because Adele, just because Adele. Because Adele, she's been away for six years. She's come back. We're all ready for it. We're so ready for it. She's amazing. I have a bit of an unpopular yeah, opinion to I was float. Gonna say, we're all ready for it. Are we all ready? Are we? For I love Adele as a person. Just caveating that now. No, that's absolutely fine. Uh-huh. We're allowed to have unpopular opinions. And we're going to get into it. But we're going to start off with a new thing we're going to do, which is me and Liv describing our week with one thing. And it can be. Anything. Just a thing. Like, it's the dumbest idea and the best. Like, it can be a song, a music, a, ca- a musical thing, a character, an inanimate carrot. Object. Who knows? It could be a carrot. Mm. Is yours a carrot? <laughs> well, no, it's not. No, mine's not a carrot either, oh. but maybe in later weeks. <laughs> maybe in later weeks it'll be a carrot when we're really stretching for anything in the world <laughs> to describe our week. Liv, what describes your week, oh, my darling? Oh my god, okay. So, what describes my week, which is so fucking stupid, is the song Fever. By Peggy Lee, because I woke up this morning with a fucking fever. And honestly, I'm feeling a bit better now, um, but fever in the morning. Fever? And, uh, fever in the morning, and I'm just hoping it's not fever all through the night. Oh, God. <laughs> my God, when did you become a comedian? The fever has put you into, you know, when you get into yes. states when you're in a fever? Fever dream. And then I was also thinking this whole week's been a fever a bit dream. A of a fever dream. Because it's just been, as we always say, fucking week 9, 10, whatever in lockdown. <laughs> I'm going a bit insane. Yeah. This is just the reality. But then, to balance it all out, to get me over my fever... Ted Lasso has come to the rescue. Thank you. So I was just saying to Liv before we got on the mic, how good does it feel when you give someone a recommendation and it lands and and they love it as much as they should? And I didn't get onto it straight away, so that must have been very (laughs) frustrating for you. It was hell. And, and, but everyone had recommended it to me and Liv previously. And we Every single person in the world, but... (laughs) Every um, single carrot. Every single (laughs) carrot. But me and Liv had just slept on it because we thought it was about football. Oh. And let's be real, it is about football, but it's the best fucking thing you'll ever watch as well. I feel like this whole episode for me is going to be a bit of English nostalgia. Oh, yes. I'm from England. I came over here when I was like four years old. So like my parents are English, but I just don't have much connection with England. And this whole, I mean, we're talking about Adele. We're going to be talking about a few other British celebrities in the mix. In the mix. Um, um, but I'm just feeling like nostalgic as fuck for England and Ted Lasso really oh. just put the icing on the cake. And it's it's like so feel good without being soppy. So honestly, if you need something to hype you up, to get you through lockdown, to get you through your mental healthy, whatever's happening right now, Ted Lasso. He'll save you single-handedly. He will. Okay, so Luce, what about you? 
What has been your thing? Okay, well, I wanted to do something funny this week, but I actually couldn't think of it. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, God, I was just sitting there, like, trolling through, like, my Spotify. Like, Same. surely I can come up with something clever. Like, anyway. what have I been watching? What have I been reading? It's like, well, fucking everything. Like, so I can't remember anything. No, the thing that describes me this week is Phineas's new song, The Kids Are All Dying. Oh, what a fucking banger. It's such a banger, and there's one line in it that just goes, a ching, ching. <laughs> The lyrics are really good. So I just tell you how that fits into your week. Did you make a big sale? No. The kids just are all dying. Me and Lou are dying here on the mic. We're dying. At least we've got good sound effects. Ching, ching. Ching, ching. ching. No, it's honestly, guys, it's just such a good song. I feel like, I mean, Phineas is a friend of sister. (laughs) We we DM a wee bit. I like to call us friends. I don't know if he would vouch the same. But the song feels real influenced by social justice and, like, to be honest, Probably Siska. <laughs> it's the production I love. It's like lyrics about yes, how you've got to be like self-aware. John Bellion sort of vibe. It's John Bellion and Benny and the Jets and Bo Burnham. So it's like... Triple Stop. Wedding. So, Phineas, you can pay us for this plug <laughs> if you listen to our podcast because you're a you friend. You can pay us for inspiration. You, you've interpolated our entire business. Oh, my so God. Just, you know, put us on the writing credits, please. <laughs> we also got tickets to Billie Eilish this week, oh, which did. was cool. Very, very exciting. Okay, so the next thing that we're going to do each week is something that, for now, and I don't know if forevermore, is going to be called Naughty or Nice, but we simply are in a fever dream and can't think of anything better. But one of us each week is going to bring a couple of stories. There's no set number. We're very sort of here and there with these kind we of are, things. We are. We're relaxed. Yes, we're we relaxed. We may not seem it, yeah. but we are relaxed. I was about to say, like two weeks ago, we got on the mic saying, do you guys know how nervous we get before <laughs> this podcast? And now, now we're relaxed. We're chill girls. Anyway, I am running the Naughty or Nice this week. So my first news story is... James Blake's new album. Have you listened to it, Liz? I haven't Neither listened have to I, it. But he's got a voice of a god, so oh. I really want to. I really rate James Blake. For anyone who hasn't seen his music video, oh, I can't remember what the song is, but it's got Phineas in it. Oh. We are just Phineas Van Gogh It's a very, very funny music video, and it's all about how James has sort of come to peace with the fact that he's not like this mainstream pop star. Yes. That Phineas that and Phineas Billy sort of yeah. yeah. No, it's so funny. I loved it. That was a great wreck from Love One Week. So basically, James has released his new album called Friends That Break Your Heart, and his girlfriend, who we love, Jamila Jamil, is credited on 12 of the tracks. Now, when Twitter, as Twitter does when Twitter finds out things, um, they said, or like a lot of people started saying she was only credited to be nice, or like she shouldn't have been credited just because she's his girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, according to Jamila, it was mostly women that were coming for her with this response, Mm. which is interesting because often there is a type of female misogyny, you know, when one woman's doing really well, another woman can't. But it's also such a pick-me-girl mentality as Mm. well. Like, I feel like, I don't know, people use that term quite freely. I personally really don't like it. Mm -hmm. And this reminds me of a pick-me-girl in the sense of, like, she's doing something that is very male-dominated and other women don't like that yeah. because they feel like she's trying to be the cool girl or whatever. Yes. And and that's also wrong. that's been instilled because the world has been so male-dominated. So it's not like 
we're blaming these women. No, it's, it's like no. not even our fault that we sort of think like this. No, I think like that sometimes yeah. and I have to fucking check myself. Yes. And so Jamila did the checking for all of us and said, a lot of mostly women insisting I couldn't possibly have actually worked on my boyfriend's music and then he must have credited me to be nice. I was a DJ for eight years and studied music for six years before that. You are part of the problem of why women don't pursue producing. Now, there is going to be a lot of me talking about what Jamila and James said, so sorry for all the reads I'm about to do just to, like, dialogue on Honestly, I'm ready to sit back and relax. Just relax, everyone. So Jamila continued on her Instagram saying, Man, James had to fight me to take credit on this album because I was so preemptively sick of the internet, especially after the same thing happened on his last record that I worked for countless hours on. An additional hilarious side to this misogyny is that they only don't believe in my musical input when they love the songs. If they don't like a song, then suddenly I can produce and it's all my fault. And I produce the whole thing alone. Lol. In the end, I took the credit I deserved because of how important it is for women who work on music to visibly exist in the space of music production. And because I would want any of you who follow me to take ownership of what is rightfully your achievements. I hope you're taking credit for your work wherever you are in the world right now. I hope you know that if you're not being believed over your achievements, that it's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of people who are so underachieving, cowardly, and insecure that they can't fathom that you could be impressive. And it happens at every level in every industry. Even to me, even when I don't credit myself, my boyfriend just quietly credited me. We are in this shit together. Representation matters. It's not our responsibility to be believed, liked, understood, or approved of. You just carry on as you are. I'm right there with you, giving everyone the finger. Oh my god, she's so great. And I had to read that whole thing because I just thought... I was trying to cut bits out to summarise, and I just thought, fucking, you're analysing yourself better than I could. Yes, Oh, she just must be so sick of it. She, like, she everything must... that woman gets pulled apart for, literally everything. everything. And she's always having to say the same thing, spell it out for everyone. And she's sort of always having to be the first brave one to say it. Yeah. She's taken the brunt. And her mental health has definitely like felt it. But she is constantly being the first one to say it. I will just plug her... Um, I Wait episode with Roxanne Gay. Oh, fantastic. Such a fantastic episode on bodies and why none of it's our fucking business. So anyway, James Blake then posted on his Instagram saying, Fuck yeah, thank you for the time you put into this record, Jamila. It wouldn't be half of what it is without the insane skill set you brought to it. Love you, and I hope all of this serves as an example to women who are routinely discouraged by eye-rolling wankers that your work is necessary and important. The double standard is so fucking irritating. Why does nobody ask me what the men did on the record specifically? Because they're looking for confirmation of their sexism, hoping that indeed Jamila was just a pretty fly on the wall getting the men's credit just for being a girlfriend. And they can all fuck off. Oh, oh my god. So, naughty are all the Twitterers and all the misogynistic people. And nice, James Jamila. and Jamila. James. Honestly, if my boyfriend backed me up like that... Oh, he'd be getting it. He would be getting it. We're bad feminists. <laughs> very feminism. What is happening to me? Fever dream, fever dream, fever dream. <laughs> fever dream. Caveat the whole episode. Fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes. If, if your boyfriend backed you up like that, or your girlfriend, or whoever you were with, like, it's just, it's such a sense of, like, you're my person, I'm safe with you, and yeah. you respect the shit out of me. Absolutely. So my next naughty or nice, and just before I get into it, there will be brief mentions of suicide and um, mental health, so just be wary and maybe skip forward, like, two or three minutes, because um, 
I don't want you to listen to it if you don't want to. So my next naughty or nice is about Little Mix, who I have a real soft spot for from my One Direction days. So they sort of came up in the aftermath of One Direction. X Factor, they won it. Perry dated Zayn. She wrote shout out to my ex for him. So um, first of all, I really don't want to drag any of the members of Little Mix because they've been so open about their mental health issues and how it's been because of bullying on the internet. And I don't want to play into that. We know after doing the Love Island podcast how important it is to be kind on the internet and just by being humans who exist on the internet. Yeah, exactly. And how important it is to be kind in our everyday lives as well. Yeah. So I um, don't want to be dragging anyone in this segment but I think it's something we should talk about. So this week, Jessie, who left the band in December of 2020 and um, who released a documentary all about her mental health struggles because she was bullied um, so much while she was in Little Mix because she looked different to the rest of the girls. Um, and she actually ended up trying to take her own life. It was a heartbreaking documentary. And like, honestly, my heart just went out to Jesse because oh my God. I really like, you just want to do what you want to do. You just want to sing and then people have this is the thing. People are vultures. Yes. And I just would really like to think that that wouldn't happen in the year 2021, but But she left the band in 2020, so it was still happening. Oh fuck yeah. Um, so she just released her song Boys, which is featuring Nicki Minaj. Now, after the release of the video, Jessie was accused of blackfishing, which is when a non-black person uses, uses like fake tan or photoshop or does their hair or makeup or pr- pretty much anything to make their appearance look darker or to look ethnically ambiguous. And Jessie has always sort of looked, I would say, ethnically ambiguous, um, despite the fact that we all know that she is uh, just a white British woman. Um, In the band, actually, is Leanne, who is of Barbadian and Jamaican ancestry, and also Jade, whose um, family is from both Egypt and Yemen. Um, And so those two women are mixed race, which is just important sort of context to have while I'm telling this story. So, yes, Jessie was accused of blackfishing. Now, in response to this criticism, she told Vulture that she loves black culture, she loves black music, that's all I know, it's what I grew up on, claiming that she's very aware that she's a white British woman and never said that she wasn't, which isn't really the problem. The problem's that you're sort of capitalising off it Mm. or a lot of the problem that people um, are rightly sort of calling out is that... You shouldn't be capitalizing off of cultures that maybe you haven't appreciated properly and you're more appropriating. I mean, there's a whole conversation to be had around that. But essentially, this has caused a rift. She left the band. They were all friends, like Mm -hmm. besties. And this is all accusational. Right. So what I'm about to say, Leanne apparently, and and I think it's true, but I can't confirm 100%. 100%. I just want to put that out there. In, in messages that are thought to be sent from Leanne to an influencer called No Hun, who then shared it to all his followers, 341,000, um, via a live yeah. stream. Yep, because he wants to get something out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Said that Jesse blocked Little Mix, cut them off, and then apparently No Hun like, asked his followers if he should make up a dance routine to boys, and Leanne replied to that call out saying, No, do a video about her being a blackfish instead. Now, I can't confirm 100%, but, like, a lot of people are reporting it as true. So then Nicki Minaj entered the chat. So Jessie and Nicki had an Instagram live, and um, Jessie said on that live, I was in a group with two women of colour for 10 years, and it was never brought up to me until the last music video I did with them when Leanne messaged me. 
And and so she was basically saying they didn't care for the 10 years we were in the band that I was sort of appropriating the mm. culture. They should have said something. But then it's like the whole world's learnt exactly. a lot in that time. So. Exactly. And, and don't sort of air their dirty laundry about them respecting their cultures like yeah, on absolutely. the live stream. Mm. And Nikki was sort of like dragging Leanne and calling her a clown and Jessie was kind of just laughing. And then um, Jessie also said, I just want to touch on the whole tanning thing as well. When I was in the video with you, Nikki, I didn't have fake tan on. I'd been on holiday. I'm really lucky as a white girl I tan so much. Leanne even said to me in the group, are you sure you're not mixed race because you go darker than me in the sun? My hair is naturally curly. I got it from my dad. I wanted to get a wig that emulated the same texture as my hair and I genuinely didn't think I was doing anything wrong. And it's just like, it's one, the world's need for explanations about everything, but it's two, the like level of explanation, like there was obviously a lot of thought going into into it. it Like they must have preempted this. Yes. I know. You'd think that in in this day and age, you sort of would, or you'd have someone there sort of pulse checking whether your look is okay or like. Absolutely. It's just like, fuck, it's quite a grey area Mm. in the sense of if she you can't help it if you do tan in the sun you can't help it if your hair is really curly Mm. and it's it's really interesting it's an interesting conversation like i said i don't want to really come for any of them have you seen the video yeah i've seen the video and and she's always just being tan i actually thought she was mixed race i i did too yeah i just presumed same and and like whether it was intentional or not whether she was tanning on purpose or what is again a whole nother thing Nicki Minaj did continue to go on her story and basically accuse Leanne of having selective outrage, basically saying, like, you didn't care back then, why do you oh, care now? It's like, so no, people are allowed to own their fucking person. They are, and they're allowed to experience. change their opinions yeah. as well. But it just is really sad to me, the fact that they were such good friends. Like, no, they, thought, they, they were. were. No, they were. Like, yeah. you can see videos of them for 10 years. Fucking like, hell. honestly, and, they, and Little Mix fans, I reckon, will be real upset about this. The last sort of bit to the story is that at her 30th birthday, which just happened, there's a video that has gone quite viral of Leanne getting really, really emotional. She got up and she did a bit of a speech saying, I'm 30 years old. I know my character. You know my character. Anyone that meets me knows my fucking character. And that's all I care about. And she was like crying like because it's a friendship breaking up for her as oh, well and it's publicly yeah with Nicki Minaj involved and then all of Little Mix have unfollowed Jesse. and there's also rumors about Little Mix planning to split up in about a month or two but there's always rumors like that right so I, I just want to put that there in case in case we're right has anyone replaced Jesse? no no they just, just do the it three is. of them now yeah um and and I just my take on this is that like all of it's naughty because none of it's nice. I like, know. None of it's just, nice for oh, any of them. You can't say, yeah, any of it's nice. Maybe some things are more morally correct than others. Yeah. But yeah. even then, it just sounds like a really, really horrible situation to be part of. Yes. And I sort of hate that Nikki has got in the middle. Yes. I don't know. Like, I don't know the full story, but, yeah. but it always yeah. feels a bit gross when someone who's not in it gets in gets it and in then it. can stir it when they don't really know the emotional repercussions of their actions. Exactly. And and I just think with this case, like, everyone is allowed to feel how they need to and want to and are, like, entitled to feel. And it's not even on us to, like, insert ourselves. But I think as long as you're feeling that and, and you're not trying to hurt people that have already been through, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you can talk about it, yes, and feel your feelings, but I just... I just don't want us to be mean or hurt anyone. So we don't want to be on the naughty list. (laughs) 
So that is my two very British naughty or nices. And now, Olivia, you've done the groundwork on a segment about another naughty and nice um, British woman. She is a bit of both. Oh yeah, God, absolutely, but in the best it. fucking way. Okay, so Adele is back. She's back. She is back. And I think that the first single was what I needed anyway. I can't speak for everyone. I think it's especially because her album 21 was released when I was in England when I was like 13 years old. And my brother and I honestly couldn't listen to anything else. You know, when something's like the soundtrack of your trip. Yes. And it was just such like a happy, cute time in my life that honestly... Every time I listen to 21, I'm just transported back there. Mm. I have to say, easy on me. I like it. I really like it. As I said before, it's the sort of warm vocal hug that Mm. I did need at this point in time. But I don't think it's got as much to it as, say, like, one and only or don't you remember from 21. Mm. But I think I'm a real stickler to that Mm. album. And and I know you're going to get into this, but I feel like it. The, the rest of the songs on her album will probably have a bit more of that soul because we've not really heard someone talking to their son during a, a divorce or things like that, yes, but, which I know you're going to go into. Now, I breached with Liv the other night. Um, I just sort of said to her, Liv, I don't know if I'm going to say this on the podcast because I don't want everyone to hate me. And then Liv was like, no, Lucy, the whole reason that we're here is to be sort of authentic. And I was like, fuck, okay. So... I love Adele as a person. I think she's so authentically herself. She's the best celebrity to watch in an interview. Literally. She's so fucking cool. Like, I want to go get drunk with her because she's unapologetically drunk a lot of the time and (laughs) I'm obsessed. I have never been a big Adele music fan. And I honestly blame it on the radio. Like, I blame mm. it on, I could not, it, it happened to me with Florence and the Machine as well. Yes, Hated Dog Florence Days. and the Machine because of Dog Days, then saw her live and was like, I fucking love this woman, why did the radio ruin it mm. for me? Adele, like, I really love Hometown Glory, which I know you have some fun facts, I hope, for us about that song, but just, there's something about, like, the the music that I just, I, maybe it's snobbery and I feel like I hear it too much and it's overplayed or maybe I'm just... Because you're not, not a typical ballad listener. No. Except, Even though I'm a ballad singer. Well, like yeah, I used to like singer. to sing ballads. Like I remember when I first met you and you'd sing that little mix ballad to bring it back. Do you remember? Turn your face. Yes. Oh my God. Well, I could never do the chorus. <laughs> I'd have to get... Love's got a great head voice, so I'd have to just do the lower bits. <laughs> You'd have and to then, opt out of the ballad. Yeah. We just did yeah. a fucking relay with the ballad. <laughs> But that was, like, about as ballady as it gets yes, for you, I feel. Yes. Okay, so that's my caveat, is that love Adele as a person, don't love her music. Easy on me, Did it did do it for me, but only to hear in passing. I think a lot of people will relate mm. to that opinion. I personally don't, <laughs> just because I do love Adele. Mm-hmm. Um, but, as I said before, even her album 25, it just didn't hit me the same. But I'm a sucker for a ballad, always have been, always will be. Yeah, so I was very, very excited about Adele coming back. I thought we'd give you a few little things you may not know about Adele. Yes, please. Um, so, Adele went to Brit school. 
Yes, yes. And she went there in the same class as Jessie J and Leona Lewis. Oh my god. So Fucking powerhouse. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know what Briscoe is, it's to be honest, I don't even really know it, but it's a school in the UK where it's like gifted and talented people. Amy Winehouse went there, Ed Sheeran sings about not going I was literally to about Briscoe. to say that. Of course the underdog Ed Sheeran didn't go to Briscoe. <laughs> so against his brand if he ever went oh, to Oh, we love you, Sharon. Go listen to the podcast for the context that we did on him. Oh my god, but she... Uh, anyone who hasn't seen her... I actually sent it to Lucy the other day mm-hmm. while I was researching. There's a video of her when she was 20, I think, and she is, like, unrecognisable as... Like, confidence-wise, mm. I feel. She just looks like a very regular, everyday 20-year-old. Um, and she's singing Chasing Pavements. If anyone just looks up Adele's first ever performance, I think yeah. it's for Billboard or something like that. But I think it really gives you why she's so grounded. Yeah, because she talks about going number one in that performance. And she's like, like, I'll never be as big as the other people that got number one. Yeah. But it's so cool to be up there. And it's like, bitch, you're bigger than all of them. Right? Like, like it's wild. I'm bowing down. Yeah. She often says that, you know, people sort of relate her to Edda James or Aretha Franklin, like these huge powerhouse singers. And she just cannot see herself in the same category. Whereas I think a lot of people would argue that she absolutely mm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep, she went to Brit School. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, the next fact I found really interesting and I read this on Wikipedia, so maybe not. <laughs> no, um, what did Ed Sheeran say? Never believe the bullshit the fake guys feed to you. Always read the stories that you hear on Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> it's such a British episode. <laughs> I'm feeling so good about it. I know. <laughs> um, so apparently in 2008, she cancelled a tour to be with her boyfriend. Like, And I think that, again, this shows a lot about Adele and her sort of romantic... Like, she must have always been such a hardcore romantic. And not cared that much about, like, her reputation for doing that. And probably because her fans, who weirdly are just always there but never that loud on, like, social media, like, kind of get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not going to hate on it. And I think she looks back now and... And is like that was so fucking like kind of rude, like and, and like childish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just so interesting to be like, holy fuck, you are such a normal person. Yes. Like a normal nineteen-year-old could cancel their tour because of the boy they're seeing. That's what you do at that age. Yeah. Um. She also started on MySpace. Yes, I heard that in the interview you sent me as well. Yes. So she she got pretty big on MySpace, and that was sort of her way to fame, oh. in a sense. I mean, besides going to Brit school. So she obviously had all of the tools at her disposal. Yes. But did a fucking good job oh, with it. fuck yeah. Um, she's a Taurus. So oh, yes. God, she's, she's quite, very into spirituality. She is, which I didn't realise and I wouldn't have pinned her for. I know. Because she's such a no-bullshit sort of person. Not saying that astrology is bullshit at all. I am so... Um, I'm not, like, super, super into it, but I'm definitely keen to hear about it. Mm. Um, I think I'm agnostic. Does that mean you don't yeah. really mind either way? Or, yeah, like, you're not, you don't have a certain... <laughs> yeah, you're not atheist against it. <laughs> no. I'm not against it. I just no. I don't think agnostic is the right word. But <laughs> let's leave it in. Like 
I was trying to figure it out. But she said in her um in the Vogue interview that she lost the plot during her satin return. Yes. So she was I was that's one of the only points that I actually wrote down to bring to the table was that she's real into astrology now. She said it takes 27 to 32 years for Saturn to fully orbit around the sun and return to the position it was in when you were born. When that comes, it can rock your life. It shakes you up a bit. Who am I? What do I want to do? What makes me truly happy? All those things. So All those things. Watch out for Saturn returning. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And the Saturn return had quite a big impact on her life and then on her album 30, but we will go into that (laughs) soon. Um, okay, another fun fact. She has a dachshund called Louie. Oh. And what I found really funny is that I was on, I don't even know where I read it, but was on the article and then you scroll down and it's just a picture of a dachshund and then in the caption it was like, dachshund, not Louie. No. <laughs> I love that. So are they the sausage, are they the sausage dogs? Sausage dogs. Yes, they are the sausage dogs. Oh, of course Adele's got a wee saucy dog. I know. And then the last fun fact I've got for you is that she was 16 when she wrote her song Hometown Glory and she wrote it in 10 minutes because Sorry. her mum wanted her to leave wherever her hometown. Home, yeah, her hometown and she wrote it to be like, no, listen to why I love it so much, which is so wholesome. And it's such a wonderful song in ten minutes, sorry. Absolutely. Unmatched. Absolutely. So yeah, bloody beautiful. So I thought we'd go into what we can expect from her upcoming album. Mm. So whoever hasn't read both her Vogue articles, very good. Mm-hmm. Gives a lot of insight into her life around the time of being thirty. Quite similar. Quite similar. Quite similar. Yeah. Very, like, storytelling. Remind mm. me of a Rolling Stone article. Mm. Cl- like, classic feature. Sort yes. Of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, 30 was actually meant to be released in 2020, but for obvious reasons, this was pushed back a year due yeah. to COVID. And she announced it when she was real drunk yeah. at, like, a wedding or something. <laughs> Very funny. That's, that's something imagine, I'd like, fucking do. Typical Adele. Like, I imagine, like, her management must but, just be, like, scared every like, time she gets on the, the bus. Up. Yeah. So... Being 30 was one of her most turbulent years, and Adele has actually called it the year of anxiety. Mm. Um, This, I think, was all stemmed at first from those two shows that she had to cancel in 2017. Because of her voice? Because of her voice. So she had a vocal hemorrhage. And when that's your job... No fucking wonder it's going to lead into the year of anxiety. Fucking terrifying, like, letting down, I think it was 200,000 people. Mm. Imagine having that weight on your shoulders. And she is someone that carries the weight. As we say after she cancelled a whole tour and we're going, and her fans would just let her away. No, but, like, you know, it's obvious she can't, if she were to continue singing, she would have fucked herself over for, like, years to come. So, bloody good that she She didn't. She needed to. Yeah, but she just seems like a very... Like takes everything mm. very like oh my god yeah. inside her, which is so beautiful and rare for a celebrity. I feel. and sort of the reason she can be such a good songwriter. Absolutely. So she also broke up with her ex husband Simon Kanoki, who is the father of her nine year old son Angelo. She said to Vogue that I was just going through the motions. I wasn't happy. Neither of us did anything wrong. Neither of us hurt each other or anything like that. So she says that. The album, everyone's saying, oh, so it's a divorce album. It's a divorce album. And she's like, no, it's more me divorcing myself. So oh. I think it's a very, like, self-discovery album stemmed from her divorce. Even though on her Instagram anxiety. live, they're like, what's the album about? She's like, divorce, babe, divorce. divorce. Yeah, divorce. <laughs> but divorce from myself. Yes, absolutely. So she says that it's 
self-destruction, then self-reflection, and then a sort of self-redemption. That's cool. Um, but she said that she really wanted people to hear her side of the story this time. Yeah. As opposed to I know she's been writing this song. I love that we're both like, we get you, Adele. You're allowed to say what you want to say, but we don't get you. Yes. It has been your side. I haven't heard Sam Kanoki fucking releasing Sam Kanoki. Simon. Oh, Simon. And it sounds like I'm saying Noki like the past. Sam It's Kanoki. You say Kanoki. Like Kinnicky, oh, like of Greece. No, that's Kinnicky. <laughs> so we've got Kinnicky Knocky, and what actually is it? Kinnicky. Yeah. And, and it's Nocky. Simon, not Sam. No, it's, it's Simon. It's Simon. Okay. Yeah. And also, they weren't actually married for all that long at all, were no, they? No, they weren't. No one actually really knows quite how long they were married for, but I think it's something that kind of humiliates Adele, which she shouldn't be no. humiliated about, but. If I were probably only married for a year or I wonder if it's Kim's it seventy two days short. Yeah, like, well potentially. Because she said in a in a thank you speech at the Grammys or something, like thanks to my husband at way back. Yes. And so everyone thought she was married. Yeah, and they were pretending that they were still married for a while. Which is very interesting. No, but I think this was before. I think this was earlier. Oh, so people right. thought she'd be married for a long time. But yeah. Yeah, she had been probably pretending that they were still married because Fucking fair enough. Yeah, fuck yeah, and like she doesn't know us shit. So she said that her divorce in conjunction with her search for inner peace um, is really the core of this album, as we've just sort of said. She also has done a lot of digging into her dad leaving when she was really little, which mm. she said involved sitting with her seven-year-old self and addressing. I'm quoting her right now: not being sure if someone who is supposed to love you loves you and doesn't prioritize you in any capacity when you're little you assume it and you get used to it so my relationship with men in general my entire life has always been you're going to hurt me so i'll hurt you first it's just toxic and prevents me from finding any actual happiness Mm -hmm. so she had like textbook sort of daddy issues Mm -hmm. that she would then bring into her relationship and and her dad did pass away in 2020 didn't he did they get the chance to rekindle she said that she played him the album through zoom yeah so i don't know if it was like a total sort of reconnection or whether Mm. it was just more for her own closure but yeah because i think i read a quote that did say like I didn't know how, but that's obviously how that she did actually get to see him and get some sort of closure. I also read that he um, sold an article about her to the Sun. Yeah, like all just he must have been a bit of a to be honest bad dad. Obviously, I think he left when she was like two or something. Yeah, and left her mum to raise her. Yeah, and then also as we've mentioned, Adele likes to drink, and she's always been really interested in alcohol because she said it was the thing that took her dad from her. So it must be really fucking good. Yeah, it's that typical kind of cycle, isn't it? Um, Fuck, and and it all makes sense. I feel mm -hmm. like she just had to sit down with a therapist and like get it out and it it could come out in songs. But it's like, that's hard, man. Like, she's tough. Imagine being Adele when she hates being famous. She hates being in the public. She has become sort of a recluse on her own accord. And she makes her living through airing out all of her, like, Mm. emotional baggage in front of the entire world. Like, 
Mm. I don't think we ever give artists enough credit for how generous they are with their inner lives. Uh, But sometimes it is like the artists, that's their sort of therapy and their way of like dealing with, like they don't have to do it. No, they don't have to do it. They could sing songs that fucking songwriters wrote for them. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like, so it's like a two way thing. It's like, we have to respect them and they'll respect us back and give them their best art. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe that's why people are fine with Adele leaving for so long because she gives us so much when she Mm. is here. It's kind of nice though, because she, like you said, on her own accord can just dip in and out when she wants. And it's because she lets the press just put these random stories out there and she doesn't bite. And so like, you know, just there's all these fucking stories about Adele all the time mm-hmm. about her not being allowed to write um, an album about her divorce. Like, that's not true because she's sort of doing it and, like, she'll just let them run free and then when she wants to set the record straight, she can. She also said that she's sort of ready ready to be back in the limelight and be famous. And it's like, yeah. well, if you give artists the grace to come and go, they will be ready to come back. And Absolutely. And they better job like that we get happy exactly and she said that she came to fame at the same time as amy winehouse passed away Mm. and was sort of eaten alive by the press Mm. and she that's when she was sort of like i've always had a really close relationship with alcohol and she was really worried how that would be portrayed in the media because then that can just spiral out of her own control even when it's not fucking true you know if you're looking a bit hungover or whatever Mm. they can just leech onto that and i think she's especially the british tabloids oh my god God, another breed. Yeah, the, honestly, the fucking worst. Exactly. Yeah, she also said that her anxiety was so bad at that point in time that she couldn't remember what she had and hadn't told her son about the divorce, mm. which I found really interesting. And then so she had to like record it in voice memos. Wow. Their conversations. And was- quite almost relatable. Like, yes. I know at times when I've been really low, like, there's certain years of my life, like during high school or during uni, well, I remember nothing that happened that year. Oh, absolutely. Like, you become the most forgetful person. Yes. You And then it stems, like, then it becomes a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy because you're worried that you can't remember what's been going on. You get more anxious, then you can't remember even more. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. It'd be hard for her to listen back to her voice notes to figure out what she has and hasn't said, but then also good material for her album. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so she's having, like, a recording of her life as it happens. Mm. In the British Vogue article, the writers talk about how some of her songs... The theme of them is how shit men are in the dating game because obviously she's had this divorce, she's back out there, and then she's realizing, holy fuck, so many of these men are just inept. Yeah. Um, so Adele says that for some of the songs, can you imagine couples listening to it in the car? It would be so awkward. I think a lot of women are going to be like, I'm done. I love that. I'm so intrigued is this to hear these be, songs. Like, it's like going to be sad, but then also a powerful Like Loki album. Savage? Yeah. Which I'm hoping because she is a relatively savage person. She is savage mm. by nature. That's She's so authentic. She's just, well, I was going to say just like us, but we're not like Adele. <laughs> Literally. But she does have a new man now, doesn't she? Yes, I was just about to say that. I was going to say, speaking of couples, she's in a new one. She is now with a guy called Rich Paul, who is... Indeed, very rich. Oh, okay. He's a sports um, dude. Isn't he it? is. He's a sports agent. One of his clients is LeBron James, oh. so he's up in the LA scene. Yeah. Um, she loves hanging out with him. She says she's re- he's really fucking funny. Great, great. That's what Adele needs. Glad a she's funny happy. Man. All we can ask for. I all hope. I ask. All I ask is, is that she's happy. Yeah, absolutely. With Rich Paul or Paul Rich or what? They both make sense because he's a rich, rich Paul. Um, oh God. I did want to dive into why. 
Adele has such insane style power. Mm. Like, do you have any theories for this? Because she just seems to bypass everyone else. She bypasses everyone else. Like, I haven't actually thought about this, but I think it's because... You know, when you're at school and the popular kids, like, never seem to care about anything or care that they're popular or anything, and so it instantly makes them way cooler, and you're like, why the Mm. fuck don't they care about all the things I care about? I feel like, even though we know Adele cares because she puts on her music, she doesn't care that she's famous. No. Like, and so we are, like, automatically just like, you can do whatever the fuck you want because you really don't care. Even though she might go home at night and be like, oh my god, I'm so insecure. Like, holy fuck, that was scary. I just shut down the mess. She talks about how she gets really bad anxiety. Oh, yes, my queen. Yes. Because she just says whatever, right? She's one of those people that just whatever comes out Mm -hmm. of her mouth, she's, like, rolling with. Yes, and so people think that you don't get anxious. and But it's like, no, you think about that in bed every night. Yeah, because you feel like you don't have control over it. It's just, oh my fucking god. I know. And she probably also has star power because like her fans even though like we said before they're not the type to sort of rally together on social media or be really loud or really present on like this fake sort of world that is social media but they're there in the real world they're like largely middle-aged middle-aged women are fucking forces to be reckoned with because they need to put that energy somewhere it often goes to Adele and I think just knowing that the whole world is gassing you up must also help with the stuff. Yeah, and she just has never tried to change herself. Like she never changes her look in terms of like, you know, her makeup's always very much the yeah. same. She's very classy. She's very like so old classy. Hollywood. Mm. Um, she channels what she wants to be. She does, absolutely. And she doesn't let trends define that. No. And it's the same with her music. Well, it's going to be interesting to see this upcoming album to see whether that is the case. Mm. But I think there's something that people respect so much about that. If yeah. you have the guts to not change yourself to the industry. Just like Lord. Yes. People respect the shit out of you just right? doing what if you you're want. you're fucking good at one thing. And like, you know, a lot of people get very high and mighty about not liking ballads. I'm not saying that that's you at all. <laughs> I'm not like, high and mighty about it no, at all. No, you're not at all. I know you're not. I but, felt embarrassed. But so many people are. And, like, I just remember when 21 was out, like, a lot of... I mean, we were so young that a lot of people at school were like, oh, my God, do you listen to that? Like, it was very uncool yeah. to listen to slow piano mm. music. And I think that she's a very fucking cool person, and she just... Her music is what it is. She's mm. not trying to be something else. She also loves Beyonce. Like, that was just my only other point to make was that like you know when she won the Grammy and she was crying because Beyonce should have won the Grammy and it's like she just has respect for the artists around her and they respect her back she's so herself she just like there's so many instances Mm -hmm. of just Adele fangirling over Beyonce and wanting to be Beyonce and like and also the Spice Girls oh and also the Spice Girls like I just feel like she she doesn't think she's too cool for anything no not at all oh and we just love it now Another new thing we want to add into um, our podcast is only if there is something on the radar, because we don't want to be unauthentic, but at the end of each episode, we want to talk about what's coming up, what we're looking forward to, what's on our radar. Liv, have you got anything on your radar? I do. I Well, okay, this is a very generic on the radar, but I was thinking about it so much the other night, but Euphoria Season 2, it's yes. meant to come out, they said, towards the end of 2021, maybe start of 2022, mm. so it could be a while, may not be totally on the radar right now, but it's something... But it's I, on your radar. Yes. I could be far away and blipping over there. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, yeah. in the sky somewhere, but um, I'm very, like, honestly, Euphoria, I just think, like, the cinematography yes. and the visual vibe 
of that show is just wildly good. You know that um song doing it all for love that comes off at the end and it's this big dance routine and yes. it's just like etched into my brain oh my god euphoria is fucking great also you have ted lasso season two i do i do which i'm gonna to. literally binge tonight after yes. this podcast i'm very excited but loose what about you what is on your radar succession season three um, my favorite show of all time just um it comes out week by week i actually wrote a big thing in today's newsletter all about Releasing things week by week versus when they fully get dropped. Because we've been watching Only Murders in the Building. And it was good at the start mm-hmm. for the first few weeks. And then uh, and then there was like three filler episodes. Yeah. And it's like if it had all been sort of dropped at once and you could binge those three episodes in one sitting, it would have been fine because you wouldn't have thought about them that much. But because it took three weeks to watch three fucking filler episodes. I know. And we're just so not used to waiting for things anymore. I do love the idea of... Things coming out week by week if it is good enough to come out Succession week by week. is good enough. Great. Like, it, it builds anticipation rather than puts me off. It'll have right. me ruminating all week. It's funny because we say this, but every single Tuesday night we are there. I know. We are there for 27 minutes. Yeah. Just one final thing from me and Liv. We love seeing when you guys share this um, episode, like if you're going for a walk, someone put Culture Vulture on their TikTok the other day. That like, was so cool. So for us to see Culture Vulture in the wild just makes it feel very real. And honestly, please do it and please tag shit you care about or the shit show in it. Like it makes our day and it really helps us get the word out. So um Please keep doing it. It just makes us feel like it's not going into this void and that people are actually listening, which is fucking awesome. And I love to see where you guys listen. Same. Like, I always get a little bit jealous because obviously, I mean, we're trying not to talk about lockdown, but we're in it. (laughs) So please, please do that. Subscribe to the newsletter. Send me messages. They always make their way to live. And just, you know, keep on being you, Dals. Absolutely. And go listen to Adele's new single easy on me <laughs> she's not paying us for she's that blind, but, all, but let us know what good. you think does it hit home for you bye bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.